You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 198. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace.com. To try out Squarespace for free, head over to squarespace.com slash lively and enter the code lively at checkout to get 10% off of your service. At the end of this episode, we'll be speaking with Krista Butler of kristabutler.com about her experience with the service. As I have said earlier this week, happy Valentine's Day week. Whether you are single, married, or otherwise dating, whatever your relationship status may be, I hope you have had a great week. This is my second episode on the theme of love for this week. And this one is, again, like this Tuesday's episode, more on a very personal note. These are some personal things that I've been doing and going through in my own life. And then next week, I plan to dive back into all of the quantum physics and law of attraction and all those sorts of things to kind of give you guys some suggestions on ways you can apply this work to your life. But this one, I think, is really helping me giving you guys a real deal insight into my life. And on this subject, I'm sorry, the episode is probably going to be airing a little bit later than usual. We try to get them out on Thursdays by 1 a.m., but the truth truth is, I have just had a really strong week. It's kind of been intense with the classes running simultaneously, doing the four hours of coaching a day for those, and then working on the notes and getting into alignment, and then doing module four interviews for Life with Intention, all at the same time while moving from Sydney to Melbourne. I'm not trying to complain too much, but just to share, there's been a lot going on and staying in alignment and getting into a great place to share with you honestly can be a little tricky sometimes as much as my ego would like to just turn on the recording and just say, go, go, go. No matter what my mood may be, no matter what my alignment may be, the truth is I know you guys resonate as much as you do with me when I'm in alignment. So anyways, that's kind of me saying, you know, sometimes this is a challenge for myself. And if you're finding it hard to stay in alignment yourself too, I can feel you especially when you want to bring your best to the work that you're doing and to the people in your life. But anyways, enough about that. Let's get started. Let's talk about what I'm sharing today. So this all came from a huge aha moment I had a few weeks ago at a retreat here in Australia. I went to this retreat and it focused a lot on self-reflection. And so as I went in kind of open-minded, not really sure what I would experience from the retreat with this self-reflection, I was just very open. It brought up a lot of issues, some of them that go back in my life as far as since I was eight years old and are still playing out in my life today at 32. So basically what it all triggered by was this phrase the instructor at the retreat happened to pull from her intuition. So she was sharing something and she kind of gotten to know me a little bit before the retreat itself. So as she shared this message with me, I knew that she kind of had enough of an idea of what I was going through in my life at that time to have some interesting insights. And then she used the word ugly. She said, you know, you're thinking about yourself and you're feeling ugly. She had known about my skin issues that I'd been struggling with over the last probably six months or so. And it's all kind of due to the PCOS hormone stuff. You guys have already heard me talk all about that stuff before, but I'll just say that she had kind of known that that was making me feel self-conscious. And so she had pointed out and she used the word 
ugly. And she wasn't saying I was ugly. She was just saying that this was something I was feeling internally. And at first it caught me off guard. I kind of had my ego, I think kind of spiked its little porcupine needles, if you will, on my back and said, ugly. I don't think of myself as ugly. My ego says all sorts of things, but it doesn't use the word ugly. But as she said that, I sat back and reflected on all of the possibilities of, do I think I'm ugly? Do I think I have this in my head? Like, where's this word coming from and why do I have a reaction to it? And as I thought about that word, I had a huge realization that from a very young age, as early as eight years old, I have realized through just reflecting on that simple word of, do I see myself as ugly? that I've been seeking external love and approval based on external aspects of myself since I was as young as eight years old, if maybe not even younger than that. So when she said that word, I thought about, have I ever felt that way? And even though I don't say that word in my head, I immediately had a flashback to when I was eight years old living in Michigan. I think I was eight because I was living in Michigan and I was on the boat swim platform. So boats have these platforms in the back of them. And I grew up boating, by the way. So I think most of you guys might know that. But growing up, my family had boats and we would spend a few weeks a year on them every weekend in the summer, but also a few weeks of the summer as well. And as I was sitting on the swim platform when I was really, really young, I remember criticizing my thighs because of the swimsuit I was wearing. And now I was not a chubby kid. Like I don't even know where I got this idea in my head in the first place. But to think back to that little girl who was standing on that swim platform, which was me criticizing my thighs, I don't even know where I got the idea to do that. But to recognize that was the youngest memory I could have of when I probably first thought I was not okay in the body that I was in or that my body was not the right size, shape, or otherwise. And in realizing that, then I flash forward to the years in high school and college when I had those eating issues. In high school, I was restrictive and borderline, you know, underweight, definitely underweight, and obsessively counting calories and working out like crazy to then the four years or five years of binge eating in college and then a year or two after college as well, working through all of those issues, almost spent an entire decade thinking about food, what I ate, what I weighed, and what I looked like more than anything else in my life. So those things all directly obviously relate to the concept of feeling ugly. And as I sat there in this retreat reflecting on this, I had some more dots to this very long line within my life connect as well. So after the eating issues, I did realize that that was something I wanted to let go of. And then I thought I got past the idea of the eating issues defining me. So I moved past that. But then that same seeking of external love and approval shifted from my body, from all those earlier years, to my work. And then that ensued about five or six years of defining myself from my work and my self-worth being a reflection of how much my work was impacting other people. So during that phase of my life, I honestly felt statistics and comments and likes and the impact of my career reflecting my identity was really strong. And I was really miserable with that as well until I had this huge aha moment that I was using my work and people's perceptions of myself at work as an alternative to using my body to receive that external love and approval. Then I got through that. Then I did Worth and Work, the class that I taught. So I thought I had this all out. I thought I had it all covered. I thought it was done. But even since then, 
after I got through the eating issues, through the criticizing of my thighs when I was little, through the work and worth issues, now I've been single and I've been seeking external love and approval through dating. Now, of course, a lot of people do want to have a relationship. So this isn't to say that this is bad that I'm looking for it, but there is an aspect of seeking more external love and approval through dating or through my future partner. And I only really would have seen that this was an issue for myself because of the acne that I've had. That's why she brought up this word ugly. That's where I traced all of this. It was kind of like all of the cards fell into place. And I saw this long line since I was very, very young, all connecting up to present day because the acne is acne. It doesn't, and now obviously most people that have extreme acne like I've had over the last few months would also have very strong self-worth issues. I think that's very common for people to have. I'm not saying I'm unusual for having those issues with self-worth with that, but at the same time, the acne itself, if you're to look from a broader perspective and kind of be an eagle eye soaring above the clouds, like, yeah, acne is not great and it doesn't mean you like it, but at the same time, you don't have to define yourself by it. And I really was. It really was something that ha- was kind of like one of the only things that could hold me out of alignment for the last several months. Thankfully, it's gotten a lot better in part, I think, because I've started to recognize this chain, but When I had this realization, I had the other piece of the puzzle click in. So I was seeking external love and approval. I've always been an Enneagram too and all of those sorts of things. And I think that on many levels, many of us, whether or not your Enneagram is two or otherwise, do try to do things to seek external love and approval. After all of the interviews I did for Worth and Work, that class that I've taught, I definitely know a lot of people from a very young age are using their work and their schoolwork, if they're not at work yet, to get that love and approval from family members, peers, and partners. And this is something that I was doing. And because it was often fixated on my body, it was so interesting because I could see so clearly by trying to seek external love and approval from other people, I ended up focusing on external aspects of myself. So instead of looking inward and trying to develop an inward love and approval or the inward qualities of love and approval within myself, I focused on my body because that was what was seen by others. So I think from a young age, totally unconsciously, I was seeking to control and manipulate my exterior body to be lovable, that if it looked the way I thought it should, that people would love me in the ways that I wanted them to. And then during the 10 years that I had relationships in my 20s, when that was no longer the thing that I was seeking external love and approval from because I had relationships, I then switched over to work and self-worth. So even when I had a relationship, that wasn't enough. I then had to go and find more external love and approval. And in that case, it shape-shifted to my work instead of my body. As I worked through that, though, like I said, then it shifted to relationships. And this acne was this huge aha moment that this was still somewhat an active part of my life. I'm sharing with this you I'm sharing this with you guys so that you guys can hear this part of my story. You guys have heard so much of the rest of my life and all the things that I've been studying with quantum mechanics and consciousness and law of attraction. And while all of that is great too, I hope that there is something here in sharing this personal story with you that either helps you know me better at a deeper level, but also if you have had some of these things or maybe you're having aha moments hearing my story too, maybe we can recognize some of this stuff may not be only our issues that we have, that maybe we have more in common 
with each other than we initially thought. Or maybe you have it in a different area. But again, this is just what I've been realizing. And here was the huge aha moment that I got as well as I was reflecting on this in the retreat. Perhaps it's a good thing that my parents or anyone else that I was seeking all of this, you know, truly unconditional love from all these external sources I was seeking it from. Now, that doesn't mean my parents don't love me. They do. But you know that what you're seeking when you're little or when you're seeking and you're old or what you're seeking in general is often this consistent, eternally loving, unconditional approval that totally gets you, that always support you. Now, maybe you have people in your life that do that. I don't think I've had anyone that's completely, oh, maybe my grandpa. So maybe there's been a few people, but even then it doesn't sink in. I'm still seeking this external love and approval from even just broader generalized, I don't even know what I'm really seeking, but I can just tell you, looking back on it, the fact that I constantly kept seeking it, but never seeming to find it in a way that satisfied my ego's craving for it. That's probably the best way to put it, that I couldn't actually feel that craving being quenched. Perhaps it's a truly good thing that no one can really do this. Because as I was thinking about this, I realized that I could not feel it inside. And I was seeking, therefore, on the outside. However, there's no one in the external world that can give me it consistently, unconditionally, and eternally. As Abraham Hicks says, sometimes they got to go to the bathroom. People can't always hold you in their alignment 24-7. It feels so good when you have someone doing that. And sometimes it's easy to bank on their love and approval of you for your own alignment. But like Abraham says, eventually they have to go to the bathroom. Eventually they're, they're just not a consistent source of this, unlike the source of your intuition. And I've been talking to my intuition for seven years. And every time it's always unconditional. It's always loving for me, but it's never enough. I always seem to find my ego sensing or seeking a way outside of myself. But the beautiful thing of trying to get it outside of myself and constantly failing at doing so is that it is a huge testament to the fact that only I can give myself the love and approval I'm truly deeply seeking. And it's really about me and my awareness aligning with the love and approval that my intuition feels for myself, even when my ego is seeking it outside from others, from other people in my tribe, or just even just other people in life, just as you're walking around day to day. Like, why does it matter what I weigh? Why does it matter what I look like so much? Why is this something that has become in any shape or form, something that's kind of been subtly or very obviously a huge part of stress, struggle, and striving for me. Now, maybe you guys haven't had these issues, but this is, like I said, just my story and what I've been seeking. And I didn't even know it. Most of the time that I was doing these things, I wasn't aware of it. It was only after a long period of doing it and the suffering and the frustration around that aspect of my life that I was able to trace it back to external love and approval, that I was trying to change these external aspects. And then it went a level deeper for me. As I thought about that, I realized since I kept seeking all this love externally and I kept trying to control my external appearance, especially around the area of my body from a young age, perhaps for me and my hormone issues, you guys have heard me talk all about and all of the PCOS issues, 
perhaps since I was a young child, I was restricting my body and ultimately rejecting it from a young age. So then when I was literally kind of starving it as I was younger and only eating a very restricted amount of calories and constantly working out right around the time I was hitting puberty, that if I was constantly starving it and then eventually going on birth control because I was had so much acne from the fact that I wasn't in a hormone balance. I was not allowing it to blossom into its fullness as a female. I was restricting it. I was not condoning it. I was not approving of it. I was rejecting it. I wasn't feeding it. I wasn't caring for it. I thought from an egoic, conscious place that I was doing things to get love and approval, but really I wasn't honoring my intuition. I wasn't listening to hunger signals. I wasn't allowing my body to develop. And then in college, by the way, going off the pill for brief periods, but eating tons of dairy and gluten which I do think are inflaming for my system, no wonder my body responded in silence. No wonder my body didn't ever have a period. I had shut it down mentally, emotionally, and then physically with food. So it's not even surprising that those things didn't show up for me. I rejected my femininity, my love and approval for myself and my body internally, so my internal systems didn't work. I know this might sound crazy from a purely rational perspective, but the more deeply I get into the transrational aspects of understanding how neurons, peptides, and emotion and thought are all connected and how those get affecting the organs of our body and as we don't feel the feelings, the effects that those have on our organs, I truly am starting to see, I do think this is all interconnected. It's kind of like the idea of when people have ulcers from thinking and worrying too much, that is a direct result. We can see that when people are under intense amounts of anxiety and stress, that ulcers can result in the stomach. Well, that's where anxiety through Chinese medicine resides, if you actually look at the charts. So if you have a very strong neural net of certain thoughts, habits, and actions in your head, all these thoughts are directing you to control all these things in your life, then it's sending the messages to your hypothalamus, then once you have those messages that you're sending from your neural net, it goes over to the hypothalamus, creates the neural peptides, and those neural peptides flow through your bloodstream into your organs. So as I am doing this, all of this mental anguish and all of this seeking externally and just judging and ridiculing my body, no wonder it's affecting these organs in my body. And now that I'm cleaning up these things and I'm eating non-inflammatory foods, I'm off the birth control pill, I'm giving my body a chance to heal itself naturally for the first time and actually regain a flow that has never been there before, this acne has been a final blessing. Now that is so hard for me to say. The scarring that I have on my cheeks now, it's mostly hidden through makeup, but there are some they call ice pick scarring that I'm working through as well. And I'm hoping to find ways to remove those as my acne is totally cleared and things can hopefully go back to normal. But that has been the last thing so far, I can say that I've recognized this whole pattern of external love and approval that that bothered me so much to have it. It's been a blessing. And that was a really emotional part of this retreat as well, to bless and thank my acne, this thing that has been with me for the last six months that honestly, eventually I'll show you guys the photos of how bad it was. But let me just say it was rather severe uh, to be an understatement to see it and to thank it as a blessing that it was showing me that there was still this external seeking of love and approval was really deep and good and 
even as I say that, I think that's so hard for my ego to wrap its head around, given how much it suffered from seeing that and dealing with that. It really was a blessing because even if I had not had it, this retreat instructor may not have known to share that simple word that you feel like you are ugly and this is why you're seeking this. For her not to say that, and like I said, she wasn't saying it for herself. She felt called to say it and obviously it triggered all of this understanding within myself because it finally made me wake up to what I have been doing. I have been trying to be beautiful for others. And this acne was the trigger that helped in the recent context, help me see all of this from not just my eating issues and work and worth, but to see that even far before then and long after then, I've still been shape-shifting. I've still been seeking through my ego, this external love and approval which might make you ask yourself, and I totally did too, okay, now that I see I've been doing this for so much of my life, how do I actually tap into the internal experience of love and approval? How do I do that? Well, I did a lot of deep breathing and I did a lot of thinking and I don't have any permanent 100% foolproof answers. However, a few things also came to mind during the retreat. One was the water crystal experiment. They talk about it in What the Bleep Do You Know, which is a movie that I really enjoy lately. And in it, they talk about this water crystal experiment where a scientist had put different labels like I love you, thank you, and some negative labels on water and then photographed the water crystals with those labels after a period of time. And the ones that had thank you and I love you had beautiful crystal formations. And the ones that said I hate you, I want to kill you, looked terrible. It was shocking to see the power that these labels, these words just sitting on glasses of water or frozen crystals could make such a dramatic difference in the same types of water from the same source, just with different labels on them for a period of time. So it made me think about it because they have at the end of that little section of the movie, this comment that says, we are 90% water. So given that, what impact does our own labeling have on our own water within ourselves or ourselves essentially? And so as I had this reflection about what does it mean to deeply love and eternally approve of myself inside, in my body, not looking at the outside of my body, not even me approving the outside of my body, but truly being internally filled and internally loving, it was mind boggling. But as I thought about it, I remembered I have had a label on myself for the last year since I've been single, basically, which is this bracelet I had created that said practice on it. As you guys heard right around when I became single, I was fascinated with this phrase by a yogi who said, practice in all is coming. And I loved that idea at the time. It felt so liberating for me to think about fully embodying this moment and recognizing that by practicing and fully living this moment, everything that I was seeking would come through the practice of fully living this moment right now. So I'd been wearing this bracelet for a long time. And even up to a week or two before the retreat, I started to notice as much as I love the bracelet and the design that I started to realize that if the law of attraction is true and the universe is always saying yes to what you're thinking about, whether you're thinking about what you do want or what you don't want, you're saying yes either way. So if you're thinking about not running out of gas, you're likely to run out of gas because that's what you're thinking about, which is running out of gas. Or if you're thinking about how you have abundance, you'll be more likely to experience abundance. 
Well, when I thought about this bracelet and here it was, it's not just saying practice like a yoga practice. I was thinking about practice and you'll have the relationship and partner and family and all of those other aspects home that I want to have in the future. But this bracelet at the same time was saying practice, practice, practice. Well, if you get what you think about, I was thinking about practicing. That label was practice, not have it and it's all here. It was practice and it'll eventually come, which I was just going to keep getting the same experience more and more to practice getting what I want, but not ever actually having it. So I decided to leave the bracelet at the retreat center that day. And then in the same moment, I decided to also, since I was so baffled by this idea of love and approval for myself, and I remembered Louise Hayes' work that summer talking about how transformative actually loving and approving of yourself is as an affirmation, which is essentially this water crystals experiment. It's kind of like putting these positive labels on you and the water crystal example, or just on the water crystals, the positive effects of them. So I decided to get, instead of the bracelet with practice on it, I left that at the retreat center like many people do to signify a little gift or a remnant of the event. It's kind of an interesting thing that they had at the center. I decided to get two new bracelets made, one that said love and the other that said appreciate. I could have put approval on the second bracelet, but I decided to do appreciate because I also thought I wanted to love and appreciate myself internally, not a about my body or what it looks like externally per se. That's great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think for me to constantly keep trying to control the external and appreciate external first was not helping me internally. So I kept trying to focus on that, but I also love the concept of appreciate on the bracelet because it also reminds me to appreciate things in my surroundings and in my life beyond just my internal life as well, which I could have done approval, but either way, I just like the idea of appreciate and love. So that was one little switch I did right away, and now I'm still learning about how to inhabit my body internally and quote unquote, feel embodied, E-M-B-O-D-I-E-D. This is something that some people totally get and others totally struggle with. And this is something that's a little bit baffling to me, but it's something I'm excited to explore more. Some of the things so far that I think may help me with this are things like dance, which has always been something that seemed to be definitely not my strong suit. Tantra is something I'm now actually looking into learning more about. I've never really explored it, but recognizing I've definitely recognized the chakra system and the idea that this, especially with the second chakra being this area that's been turned off in my body from a young age is something that I'd like to understand that chakra more and how to use that energy throughout all of my chakras. So that's something I'm going to be exploring more. And then deepening my awareness and understanding of in internal trapped emotions in general. That's something that I definitely want to continue to explore and understand. Hopefully understanding them will help me to release them as they come up or any trapped ones from the past. And the great thing is, this is another blessing that I realized in all of this. It's awesome that I haven't found my partner yet because what I want to be a match for is someone who's also self-contained with the love for themselves, that they already have their own internal love and approval. So they're not seeking it from me and our relationship. I want to be internally loved and eternally approved of and fulfilled, and then bring that to our relationship without expecting the other to provide it for us. 
as I said, I've been seeking all of this external love and approval. And I could say from other relationships, even that still wasn't enough in the past. But I definitely want to make sure that I'm a match for someone who's also deriving that sense of approval and love from within first and foremost. And the other thing I realized, this is more universal. This complies to all of us. I had this visualization as I was there that was kind of like... If we think of ourselves as, let's say, the whole universe or even just the human race is kind of connected as almost like an ocean. The consciousness is an ocean, and each of us are just poured out into cups. So we're all the ocean. We're just a cup of the ocean water in individualized form. If we're all like that, let's say, for example, this is my realization or my visualization at the time. It's like we're all glasses of water and we're filled with that love. Let's say it's love and approval, right? Because my intuition's constantly loving and approving of me. My ego's the one that's seeking it from external sources. It almost felt as I was thinking about it, like we grow up and we're filled with this cup of water. We're a full cup of water right from the start. But once we're really young, we kind of decide or we get taught or we model, or something happens where, so it's a glass cup, but we paint it, and we make it look like it's empty, and we put this like water line that's really low in the cup, and then we go around the rest of our lives trying to fill the cup with water, trying to give and receive love from other people. So as a kid, I at that seven-year-old or eight-year-old on that swim platform, I'm thinking of myself and I'm just thinking, here I am thinking I'm not good enough because my thighs didn't look a shape that they want. I decided that they should look like. Well, what I was doing was I was a full cup painting my cup, hiding the water that was already in it, hiding all the love that I already was seeking that was already within me all along. And then I started to seek it from looking different in a bathing suit and thinking that if I look different, that other people would care more about me which doesn't even make logical sense, but that was the truth. And then I sat there, you know, being too thin and and trying to control all of the stuff about my eating from a young age. Again, painting the cup, pretending it's empty, trying to give and receive love from other people. And if you think about it, maybe that's not just me. Maybe we're all doing that or lots of us are doing that. We're all kind of maybe walking around with these empty cup signs on. But the truth is, maybe we don't actually give and receive love from other people. Maybe everyone's actually totally full all along. We just have this tiny mad idea that we're not, as A Course in Miracles would say, connected to everything and that we believe in that tiny mad idea. And then we go around trying to give and receive and pour water into each other's cups or get water from other people's cups. And it's, you know, kind of this idea of giving love and receiving love. Maybe it's not about any of that. Maybe we're all just filled with it and we're just pretending or thinking mistakenly that we don't have it. And then we're seeking it from other people or giving to other people when the truth is we can't actually remove any water from the cup. All we can actually do is reflect the light of that water to one another. So if we are really able to, and if I'm really able to internally tap into love and approval that's constantly flowing to me at all times from my intuition, I can stop painting my cup as empty, first of all, so it'll be clear and you'll be able to see that it's completely full right now. Thank you very much. Partner, no partner, acne, no acne, skinny thighs, not skinny thighs, weight eating issues or not, that it's always been filled. Every single step of that whole journey, it was filled. I was just painting my cup, pretending it wasn't good enough. Kind of makes me emotional just even to say that, that those are all the different ways in the work and worth. That was just me painting my cup, pretending it wasn't enough, seeking it from outside of myself. When the alternative could be 
to just clear off the paint on the cup, see that the water's already full, that there's no more water that can ever be added to it. It is already as it is, as full as it ever will be. It's always there, absolutely, and yes. And it's not about sharing that water with anyone else, which I think is how we think about sharing love. What if it's not about that? What if it's just about reflecting that light that's in ourselves to other people, to show them that they too have that water totally filled within themselves. That it's not about us going around and draining ourselves of our love for others, that it's just about constantly tapping into this unending, consistent source of love within ourselves and just reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. It's not about giving or draining or being dry or being drained, that it's actually always refreshing. It's always there. It's just our perception that it's limited, that we're lacking, or that we can gain or receive or give. That's actually the mistaken perception that's creating a lot of conflict or a lot of striving and stress in the first place. I know that might sound crazy. I kind of have had the idea that it'd be really cool to work with someone to animate something like this so I could show this in a visual form what's in my head. (laughs) This might sound a little weird. Someone in class in Flow With Intention, I think I mentioned it too, said it sounds like Fantasia. But yeah, there's this idea that maybe we're just all these cups that were filled with water and we just paint them pretending we're not. And then we go around the rest of our lives trying to give and receive and pour in and pour out the water when it can't be. It can't be given or received from any external sources. It's always filled and it's always filled from an internal source. And it's not about giving that internal source to others in our lives. It's just about reflecting it. It's not about draining ourselves. It's just reflection. Water's not drained or lost in reflection of the light. I love the sparkle water. You guys have heard me talk a lot about that. I love the light of the sun reflected on the water and the difference between whether it's sparkling like the sun or if it's dark like the depths below is just about the point of view and the angle of the water to the sun or to the depths below. I think that's what it is. I haven't looked up the science of it, but to my very layman knowledge, I think that's kind of how that works, whether it's sparkling or not. But either way, it makes so much sense in my head to think it's not about giving or receiving it. It's not like I can give my love to someone else. They already have, and they're totally filled with love all along. The beautiful thing is that's why all of the seeking of external love and approval never works, never long-term because not just because they can't go, uh, as Abraham says, they have to go to the bathroom sometimes. It's also because that source is only pouring through us to us and It's an internal job. It's not the external. It's just that we often don't remember to access it or we discredit it because it's so consistent. I think the ego loves the idea of the chase and earning and deserving. It's something that's come up so much in my writing internal letters to myself about love and just seeing how much my ego is constantly trying to deserve love. In fact, I recently had an out of alignment week or two. And as I was writing to my intuition very regularly in that period, it said that I needed to learn how to love without expecting it in return. And given the fact that I had been just going through all of these aha moments I've just shared with you, my first thought initially when I heard that response from the intuition was that it was saying, You can give love to others without expecting others to give it back to you. But when I probed further with more questions, I realized what it was telling me was that I needed to love my ego without expecting the ego's return of love back to me. Yeah, that's right. 
So I'm going to say it again. What it said was that it was saying, you need to love your ego without expecting love in return from it. My ego wants to deserve the love. It wants to prove that it earns the love through the work and through the body and through the acne and all of those different things. And it is very fickle. It's not willing to extend love and approval unless it has all the shiny pennies it thinks it needs to have to earn it. And the idea that I could sit here loving it every single day without any of those things and regardless of it, and even if my ego never felt I was worthy of it, just to love the part of me that doesn't feel like it's worthy, even when it doesn't return it back, was really eye-opening. And it, somehow it felt really liberating because it's not about the ego ever loving me back. It doesn't need to. I can keep loving it. I can keep loving it. I can keep loving it no matter what. That's kind of what we try to do with children and what we try to do with other people in our lives. But how much are we actually doing that for ourselves? And especially how much are we doing that for our own egos that are sitting here causing often so much struggle and striving in ourselves? So that's my focus lately is to just continue to love the ego without asking for its love in return, just to continue to shine there and to remember I am a full cup. There is no lack. It's just as full as it always will be. There's nothing I can be, do, or have that will make that waterline fill any fuller. It's already at capacity. And it's not about me pouring this into you or pouring this into anyone else. It's about recognizing we're all full and treating each other as full cups of water and just reflecting the light we have within ourselves at others. So the reminder is there that they have that too, if that makes sense, that it's not about us taking and giving from each other. It's just about reflection. It's not about draining. It's not about putting ourselves out. It's not about putting ourselves first or last. It's just about reflection. So do I have any final answers for you? No. Honestly, I don't. I simply personally have a deeper, clearer understanding of a truth and a seeking that I've had continue play out in my life over and over again in new and different ways each time. Now I have a gentle awareness about this and I can begin to accept my intuition's love for me more fully, that I can tap into that and try to continue as best I can with the knowledge and the awareness that I have to do so and also to explore what it really means to be embodied internally, what it really means to have internal love and approval unconditionally for myself. So yeah, this is what I have been learning. I think it's an interesting and powerful thing to share on a week like Valentine's Day because it is often so much about giving and receiving love or it's usually spoken about in those terms. But maybe this is a deeper, more profound take on love that really begins within. And once we have this, we're able to, like I said, just reflect that out there in the world. And by doing so, potentially others will see that. Maybe they'll tap into that within themselves. Maybe they won't. Everyone's on their own path. I hope that this is useful for sharing with you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. And I just, like I said, I'm sharing with you guys in pencil. This is me just being super real about what's going on in my life in even just the last few weeks. I really appreciate you and I hope you have a wonderful day. If you'd like to see show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash internal love. And if you want to head over on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter to find me, you can find me at Jess C as in conversation hearts lively. Now, before where I share, I'm going to next, I'm going to share a mini interview with Lively Show listener, Krista Butler about today's sponsor, Squarespace.com. Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show today. So happy to be here, Jess. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
I'm a health and wellness coach, but not the green juicing, intense exercising kind. My specialty is in digestion, so I help women work through things like bloating, constipation, and just feeling blah in their bodies. But I do this in like a non-restrictive, no big rules to follow kind of way. So what that looks like is I mix in things like being aware of the moon cycle, your chakras, and the principle of bringing pleasure into your day, especially when it comes to making healthy choices. Well, it's perfectly time to be talking about pleasure on today's episode of All Episodes. And I love that that's something that has gone into your own practices with your clients, as well as I know a little bit about Squarespace has something to do with pleasure for you too. 100%. So tell us the story of how you got to Squarespace. It started three years ago when I started my blog. I got the recommendation from a friend to try out Squarespace. And I took her advice because I immediately fell in love with like the sleek and chic aesthetic of all the templates. So because I started to hang out a lot online around other online entrepreneurs, and they were always talking about WordPress and the latest plugins and features, I kind of felt this pressure that I needed to switch to that platform. So I did, and I paid a lot of money to get someone to shift my site for me. But then in November of 2015, I decided, you know what? I just love Squarespace so much more than WordPress. I want to go back and go with my instinct of what I love. So now I'm back to Squarespace and so grateful to be there. What's your favorite thing about Squarespace? It's the ease. And that comes in from a lot of angles because one of my value-based intentions in everything I want to do is feel this sense of ease. And now that I'm back with Squarespace, everything about updating my blog, creating my website, it's all ease. Of course, very excited to hear about values-based intentions and how it's interacting with your website, but obviously also with the work that you do and your life as a whole. So I know you have a wonderful tip for people who are looking for an ease-filled way to add great photos to their website, because that's something that popped out immediately to me when I looked at your site. So what's your tip and secret when it comes to getting awesome photos for your Squarespace template? I'm a really big fan of Pinterest, and what I wanted to bring to my website was this very visual element. So I started hunting around the web for really beautiful images, and there's some sites out there like unsplash.com and death to stock photos that have free, amazing quality pictures. Two of my other favorite sites to get these from are Creative Market and Dollar Photo Club. So if you check those out, you can totally find ones that suit you and suit your brand. On my website, I have these gold elements that I've added to my pictures. That's something I just did in Photoshop, which was pretty easy to do myself. And it does make the site truly pop, especially with your template that you're using with all of those images right on the homepage. To have that collage of beauty really makes a statement when you log in and see your site for the first time. So for anyone who's looking to give Squarespace a try, go over to squarespace.com backslash lively to get your free 14-day trial and then use the code lively at checkout if you'd like to move forward to save on your service. So keep that in mind if you're looking to give this a try and then use those photo resources that Krista just mentioned to make your site unique and truly beautiful. Krista, where can people find you online? You can find me at KristaButler.com, Krista with a K, and from there, find me on Facebook and Instagram. 
Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show today. So happy to be here, Jess. And now for where I'm headed to next, I am staying here in Melbourne. I am now here. I haven't explored it too much. I just got in very late last night. But next week, I'll be wrapping up Life with Intention and Flow with Intention and exploring the city some more. I am already loving the wonderful gluten-free crepe I have eaten this morning, and I'm excited to go see what other awesome cafes and restaurants and sites there are to see here. I also will be having a meetup for Melbourians. I think that's how you say this, Melbourians. I had my Uber driver try to teach me that word. I'll be having a meetup next week as well for you guys. It will be on February 22nd from 7 to 9. I do not yet know where, so stay tuned on Instagram for details. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Today. 